the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From MyPillow.com and use the promo code WAVA. The following program is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Good morning. I want to invite your attention to Psalm 84. The word of the Lord reads as follows. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca they make it a spring the rain also covers it with pools they go forth from strength to strength each one appears before God in Zion O Lord God of hosts hear my prayer give ear O God of Jacob O God behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. This morning, I'm going to start a series of messages entitled, Just to be Close to Him. This, this psalm can, can be approached from two different perspectives. Um, we can look at it from the literal perspective. In other words, we can look at it from a literal perspective. Uh, here's a person who, who just can't wait to get into the sanctuary. Um, can't wait to get to the physical temple of God. Or I, what I would suggest a better approach is to look at it figuratively uh, from the perspective or the view of one who is desiring to get close and into the presence of God. You see, as, as I'm in this life, I realize I can't get to him like I want to get to him. I don't know if y'all understand what I'm trying to say. 
but as, but as close as I can get to him, I, I want to be right there. That, that's what I hear this, this psalmist uh, saying in, in the process of uh, his presentation. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject matter, Seeking Sanctuary with the Lord of Hosts. The first movement of this psalmist writing declares his longings to dwell with the Lord of hosts. The psalmist says, how lovely is your tabernacle? He's not describing the physical attributes of the building. So a lot of times we go into a beautiful edifice and say, oh, this is just so, so beautiful. This is just so magnificent, so lovely. The psalmist is saying uh, how, how beautiful it is to be in the presence and the calming, peaceful uh, surroundings of God. How beautiful that is. How great an experience it is. Oh, Lord of hosts. As he talks about his longings, he, he shares from his longings. He longs with every fiber of his body. To dwell with the Lord of hosts. This ain't just a Sunday morning worshiper. This, this is someone who has come to a place in their life and in life experience where they realize that the best place I can be is close to God. This is a this is a man who says, Look, every part of me, he he talks about my soul, my flesh, my heart. Everything wants to get close to God. He says, My 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 soul longs, verse number two. Uh, yes, even faints. For the courts of the Lord, my my soul is longing, it is fainting. Um, the idea of fainting is, is, is dying within me. My soul feels like it is dying to get into the presence of God. He, he says, my heart is crying out um, for the living God. My heart is crying out for something beyond uh, the natural. I, I don't know about you, but I, I get tired of crying out and chasing after dead God. Gods that can't help me. Gods that can't deliver me. Gods that can't rescue me. You know the gods that we have are gods of materialism. My things that we put in position to take the very place of God. This psalmist says, I, my, my heart longs, my soul longs, my flesh cries out to the living God. I, I can't have no God that can't help me. I've got beyond having stuff satisfy me. I've got beyond trying to buy something to make me feel better. I've got beyond trying to eat ice cream late at night to make me feel better. I need a living God. <laughs> Nothing else is going to satisfy. He says here, my heart, my soul, and, and watch this, even my flesh. But, I, but what I like about this is that the flesh is crying out for the living God. Can I, can I say it this way? The, the only way you can get your flesh to participate and to submit is that the heart and the soul have to be committed to go in that direction. The reason why we stumble so often, the reason why we falter in this flesh is because your flesh uh, convinces either your heart or your soul to be on its side. And, but when your heart and your soul agree, then the flesh will submit and it'll follow in order. And there ain't no other way that you're going to get your flesh to want to cry out for the living God goes on in verse number three he says not only do I long for him with every fiber of my body but I long for him with jealousy he talks about the sparrow look at verse number three he says even the sparrow has found a home 
the, the, the sparrow, the, the bird of the air has found a home in your sanctuary. The swallow, uh, there it is in verse number three, a nest for her young, a place of safety, a place of refuge. The sparrow and the swallow, the two unlikely characters, the two unlikely portions of creation. But here I am created in your image, but I long to be in your presence. God, I'm jealous because the sparrow got a chance to fly next to you. I'm jealous because the swallow has a place to nest and a place of safety and a place of refuge in your temple. God, I'm jealous. I'm I'm, I'm longing to be with you. But watch this. The good news is if, if God's got his eye on the sparrow, if he allowed the sparrow to get close to him, I know there's hope for me. I, I know that they, that he's going to look out for me. But even though he says, I'm longing for the opportunity with jealousy to get close to my God. He longs uh, with every fiber of his body. He longs with, with jealousy. And, and, and look at verse number four. He longs with expectation. Verse number four says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed, happy are, are those who dwell in your house, the priests, the, the Levites, those who, who get to hang out in your temple close to the holies of holies. Those uh, bl- Happy are they because they, they get to praise you all the time. They, they, get to, they get to feel your presence all the time. Blessed or happy are those who, who are in the place where, who have gone on before us, who, who are dwelling in the presence of God all the days of their life. Happy are they because they are, are still praising you but I haven't got there yet I I haven't crossed over this threshold I'm I'm still limited by this this earthbound flesh but God I can't wait I'm longing for the time when I can get in your presence and 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 be there with you he says I I like the way he says they 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 will still be praising you that means there's there's not an end to their praise they, they're in your presence. They've got sanctuary with you. They, they've got your attention. They've got your, your mindset. They, they've got your presence all around them. And yet I long to have that God. And they, while they're there, because of the grace, because of the favor, because of what you've done, they are still praising you because you're there with them. Secondly, I see the pilgriming dependence. And determination to dwell with the Lord of hosts. After the psalmist has expressed this first beatitude in verse 4 of the blessedness of those who dwell in your house. He comes back in verse 5 with a second beatitude and he says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Blessed or happy is the man whose strength for this journey is in you, who's not relying on his own strength, who's not trying to get through life on his own. Blessed or happy is the man whose whose heart is set or determined that I'm going to get into the presence of God. The one who's on this journey who doesn't not only not travel in his own strength, but he's determined that he's going to get there. Now, I, I know you're going through some things in life and we're all going to go through various things in life. But watch this. Your mind is already determined that, that come hell or high water. Right. <laughs> whether whether the, the levees break or the winds 
come. Whatever happens, whether fire or rain, no matter what it is, I'm going to get to the presence of God. I, I don't care whether you come with me or I got to go by myself. I'm determined in my mind I'm going to get to the presence of God. See, sometimes you've got to have that kind of determination. And the psalmist says, blessed, happy is the man who has that kind of determination. But not the determination on his own, but his determination is on the dependence of God. Stay with me here. Watch this. He says, verse number five, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage. Now, watch this. You need to also realize that this is a journey and it is a pilgrimage. Now, 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 I, now this is going, this is going to revolutionize somebody's life. This is going to change your whole attitude because see, some of us think we're on vacation. This ain't vacation. When you came into the body of Christ, when, when you joined the Lord's team, you, you entered into a battle and we're on a journey and, and it's not a vacation where you get to take everything with you. It's not a place where you can sit back, kick your feet up and sip martinis. No, this is a pilgrimage. When you're on a pilgrimage, you only get to take basic stuff and on this journey all you get to take with you is faith grace patience and mercy you got to be realizing that i'm not here to have everything go my way it's not gonna always be convenient but while i'm on my pilgrimage i'm depending on god but i'm determined i'm gonna get there he says here verse number number six he says as they pass through the valley of baca the valley of Baca is, is understood as a valley of death, a valley of drought, a, a valley where things don't go well from day to day. Uh, it's a valley of distress. And he says here in the text, uh, in verse number six, uh, as they pass through the valley of Baca, as they pass through the valley of death, as they pass through the valley of tears and weeping, as they pass through, watch this, they make it a spring. For the one who is determined, to get into the presence of God. For the one who is dependent on the Lord of hosts. When they go through dry valleys, bitterness in life. The text says they make the valley a place where springs come bursting forth. See, see because I'm not depending on myself to dig a well. I'm depending on him to supply all my needs. So even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not worried about a thing because, because my dependence is on him and, and something, watch this, something happens inside of me that causes wells of water to spring up in me even when I'm going through tearful valleys and dry places. When I've done all I can do because as springs burst forth from me, other people around me get to benefit from the springs. Y'all not hearing me. See, some of the Things you're going through, it ain't for you, it's for somebody else. So that springs can burst forth and they can have something to drink in the middle of their trout. So that a word of God might come out of you. So that they can understand I can make it through this valley too. But watch this, when I've done all I can do. I love this. The text says, because I'm depending on him. He causes rain to come and covers the whole valley with pools. When I've done all I can do to minister to you through your dry place, when I've extended myself as far as I can, God, by his grace, causes rain to fall. 
that, watch this, that resupplies the springs that's in my life. That causes not only the springs to be present, but pools of water. I don't know how long your drought's been going on, but God's got a way of causing the rain to fall even in the valley of dry places. If I was in my own strength, I'd die in that dry valley. I'd be dead in that valley. I'd never make it through. Well, watch this. Here's another thing I'm going to point out to you in this text. It says, look at verse 6. It says, as they pass through. Y'all missed that, didn't you? It didn't say as they pass to the valley. It says as they pass through the valley. That's good news right there. Because no matter where you are, the text says I ain't staying in the valley. If I'm depending on God, if I've made it up in my mind, I'm going to get to the Lord of hosts. I'm going through this valley. I'm going to get to the other side of the valley. You've got to understand you're not here to stay. You're not in that mess to stay. God's going to take you through. But you've got to have a dependence and a determination that I'm getting to the presence of God. The psalmist says, as they pass through this valley, and he makes springs to come, rains and pools to cover it. He says they go from strength to strength. Now, I like what, what one commentator said. He says they go from battlement to battlement. Now, I can relate to that. You probably can too. And in essence, what he says is, as they come out of one thing, just as soon as you can wipe your brow, here comes something else. But I'm going through that. I'm going through that thing too. Wipe my brow. Here come another battle. But watch this. This is what I love about what the text says. As I am dependent and as I am determined to get into the presence of the Lord of hosts, I get stronger, not weaker. Now that don't happen. If you're not dependent on the Lord, that does not happen if you're not determined to get into the presence of the Lord of hosts, because if you're doing it on your own, you're going to get to a place where each battle makes you weaker and you feel defeated and you feel like giving up and you feel like throwing in the towel. I quit. But when you depend on him, he'll give you strength. The psalmist goes on. He says, not only do I have a longing to dwell with the Lord of hosts and this pilgriming dependence and determination to dwell with him. He says here, as I'm going through, I'm going through, I'm getting stronger and stronger. I'm moving from battlement to battlement on this pilgrim journey. Instead of getting weaker, I'm getting stronger. This Psalmist closes that this particular portion of the, the pilgriming and the determination to dwell with the Lord of hosts by saying, finally, each one, each one obvious, eventually appears before God in Zion because of their determination, uh, because of their dependence. Each one of them will appear before God in Zion. So uh, there is a promise there that as a result of my determination, as a result of my dependence on this pilgrim's journey, I'm going to get there. And each one who has that determination and each one who has that dependence will appear before the Lord of hosts. The last 
a movement in this text that I see is the petitioning to dwell with the Lord of hosts. He says, look, I'm longing to dwell with you, God. And I know in order for me to dwell with you, I've got to have a determination and a dependence. But then he goes into prayer and he begins to petition God that he might dwell with him. Verse 8, he says, O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen to him. Listen to his plea. He says, hear me, O God of Jacob. Listen. Listen to me. Give ear, O God. Look at my shield. Look upon the face of your anointed. God, don't turn your face from me, but look at me. This is a plea. This is a cry out in prayer. God, have mercy. No, I don't look the best. I know I'm not walking the best. I know I'm not, I'm not the best that you have, but God, look at me. I need your attention. And sometimes you got to know how to get God's attention. You got to tell him, you look at me, God. And I hear the psalmist saying, look, look at me, God. I'm down here doing battle and my shield is not big enough. It's not strong enough, but I need your attention because I want to get in your presence. Why does he petition God in such a way? Verse 10 says, because one day in your courts is better than a thousand. Look, he says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. This is a passage we quote a lot of times, ushers quote a lot of times. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. Let me tell you what a doorkeeper is. Uh, the, the, the doorkeeper was a reference to uh, the slaves, the, the beggars that were on the outskirts. They couldn't come in, but at least they could stand outside. What the psalmist in essence is saying is, Lord, if you just let me stand outside your temple. I don't have to, you don't have to let me in, even if you don't want to let me in. If I can get one day inside with you, that's better than a thousand. But God, if I can just stand on the outside, I just want to be close to you. Because what I'm dealing with down here, if I can just get close, I know I'm going to be all right. Says, Lord, I I just, I just want to be close to you. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And again, he goes on, he says, For the Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. You know, a lot of us like to quote the first part of that. God won't withhold no good thing from you. Well, there's some more conditions. That's a conditional promise. You can't walk any kind of way and talk about God won't withhold anything from me. But Lord, if I can get close to you, I know I'm going to have to be upright. And I know because of my uprightness, you won't withhold any good thing from me. Then he closes his prayer. He says, oh, Lord of hosts, third beatitude. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Lord, happy is the man who while he walks this journey, who while he's longing to be in your presence, trusts you enough. To keep persevering, even though it looks like he ain't going to make it. God, I just got to keep trusting. This is where the rubber hits the road. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Because see, the problem with most of us is we want to take things into our own hands. and, And we don't really trust him. And the question that God keeps putting in front of his children from day to day is, do you trust me? 
While you're going through hell on your job, do you trust me? While the mortgage company is calling you saying we want our payment and you ain't got money in the bank, do you trust me? While you're struggling from day to day and your marriage is a mess and your children are a mess and everything's a mess, do you trust me? Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord as we travel this journey, as we're on this pilgrimage into the presence of the Lord of hosts. I pray you have a longing like he had a longing with every fiber of your body. I pray that your pilgrimage is filled with dependence on him. You can't make it by yourself. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.